Hello and welcome. You're listening to Connected and Ready, an ongoing conversation about innovation, resilience and our capacity to succeed, brought to you by Microsoft. I'm Gemma Milne. I'm a technology journalist and author, and I'm going to be exploring trends around how companies are adapting to a disrupted world and preparing for tomorrow. We're going to speak to the innovators who are bringing products, operations and people together in new ways. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Cleve Gibbon, CTO of Wonderman Thompson, about enabling marketing through technology today and in the future. We uncover what it means to transform marketing requests into technology solutions, what the connected modern marketing team looks like, and how brands can protect marketing budgets without becoming technology laggards at the same time. Cleve, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Hi, my name's Cleve Gibbon. I'm CTO of Wonderman Thompson, I'm based in Seattle, um, and I'm responsible for the technology for Wonderman Thompson. We are a marketing and advertising agency, and my background has always been tech. Um, I've been doing it since I was a child, hacking things together, building new programs, working with my Commodore 64 all the way up to big systems here. So now I I work with clients to help them be successful with technology. So you mentioned you work at an agency, you work with brands to improve their marketing as well as to enable them to, you know, connect with customers. Could you tell us a little bit more about, you know, how is it that technology actually fits into that equation? So marketing and advertising has, you know, past the madman days, we used to do things, everything in a traditional way face-to-face, word of mouth, which are still important things. But now working in a digital age where people are everywhere they need to be, we've found that things have changed. And there's been a number of marketing trends as I see them in computers. So we used to have a mainframe where there was many people and one shared computer. If you think about the days of um, war games that, that Matthew Broderick film, And then we gradually moved to personal computing where it was one computer and one person. And then the internet came, which is another major shift where you had many computers and many people come together. But what we're now seeing is ubiquitous computing. And so you have many computers share you as a person. And so the shifts we're seeing in marketing is focusing on the consumer. But now you have many different devices around you that all need a piece of you. And it's connecting those dots that make sense and resonate with individuals there's been really the challenge for marketing advertising. And we're now using technology to enable that. So, you know, is it about building better campaigns for the clients or is it more about making marketing smarter or is it just about, you know, gaining insights with data across the board? I sort of love that question because uh, if you hop back to the old days, it was about a campaign. It was build a campaign and then you work off the back of that. But um, if you think about, I have a Peloton bike and I love Peloton bikes. That wasn't a campaign for me. That was about understanding me as a person, as someone that likes fitness, that's someone that likes to get on a bike. And so that was completely word of mouth. But with digital, you needed to find out where those signals were coming from for my day to day. And so it wasn't campaign based. It was around knowing me as a customer. And so those data insights that we see, what all our organizations are trying to do is understand the customer think beyond the campaign and figure out how to engage with them on a personal level that isn't too intrusive, but is just enough to be useful. And it's that balance. And that's where digital has been going is how do we leverage technology to be non-creepy, to be and understand the computer and deliver value back to them and work outside the campaigns. The, the world of campaign wins for marketing is, I think it's a, a dated scenario. 
So let's get back to this idea of um, the sort of agency client relationship and, and where technology, I guess, fits into all this. So you as an agency, you have your clients, they come to you with marketing requests predominantly. How do you take what a brand or a business is asking you to do and provide a technology solution or even reframe that question into a technology question? Yes, yeah, so um, I'm trying to understand those marketing requests are, are sort of difficult and it, there's a language conversion that needs to happen. So I had a challenge when I first started out in technology, when I, um, had got a, I got a PhD in technology and I was very good, I was very aware of what to do with tech, but I didn't understand the language of marketing. So I went back to school and really understood that and got a diploma in it to understand it. But what it really means is that you need to unpack what the marketing request is. And then you need to come back with a technology response. And then you need to shorten the distance between the point where you get that request to the point where you deliver back a meaningful response. And that unpacking means understanding the end-to-end process of what you do in marketing and then filling in the gaps where you can automate with technology. And that has been the hard part because actually understanding the process means understanding the consumer journeys. And when I say consumer journeys, I should expand that to be the end consumer, the agency delivering work on behalf of a client to a dealer within an automotive sector or with a healthcare provider within a pharma um, sort of sector. And so it's understanding all of those journeys, putting them into a process and figuring how to market that to the customer and then automating. That is the challenge. And that's why it's so complicated. But that's also why it's so um, there's no ceiling on what you can do for your consumers. I guess what I'm trying to get to the root of your cleave is take the desires of a client which might sit in this very marketing and advertising space where they're maybe not even considering the fact that technology could possibly play a role in this solution right and you talked about translation and but I wonder if you could maybe give us an example where there was a problem that you guys were were given or tasked with with a client um, that on the face of it maybe felt like a, a marketing challenge, but actually technology was where the solution came into fore. I would say, Gemma, that that is pretty much every request that comes in. And let me sort of go into a little bit more detail around that. So I always think that when a marketing request comes in, it's more of a, a want. And then I have to pick around the edges and figure out what the true need is. And so a marketing request may be, I need to be able to deliver this particular campaign with all the relevant assets, starting in English, but it's going to be for an audience that hits five or six different markets. And when you start unpacking that, you start thinking about, A, it's got to be compliant, B, they don't want to lose any money, and there's various things that you need to be able to do. So, for example, every business wants to reduce costs, increase revenue, um, get more existing business with existing clients, new business, and innovate. But when I take that marketing request, when you look at it, I need to be able to make sure that this campaign, for example, needs to run in Germany. And in the German market, there are nuances and all the assets need to be compliant. So if you have a car coming down a mountain, um, you need to make sure that that car is on a paved road. That is not something that is they wanted, but is an absolute need for compliant needs. But also that needs to scale. So you need to make sure that particular compliant request is actually catered for in every single market. You cannot do that with an army of people. You need technology to understand what the nuance is in each market. And you then need to be able to scale that so you're consistent as a brand 
and also you're predictable and repeatable in the outcome. And that's where technology comes in. It gives you the consistency, the repeatability, the predictability, and takes the risk out of the equation if you understand the process. So we talked about technology being able to enable compliance and enable this project. Could you tell us a little bit specifically about the types of technology or the technology solutions that were used to be able to automate this process and scale it? So we've started looking at a number of different things, particularly around, let's focus on assets. So if you buy a digital asset management system, which is a system to which you put all your assets, and that may be images, it may be documents, it may be videos. You want that in one place so it's shareable and updatable. And so everyone around the world can see what digital assets you have that you use in your different advertising and marketing campaigns. That's great. Now, you want to make sure that those assets that go in are, A, they're brand compliant. So if this is a logo, it is the actual logo for the business. You also want to make sure that the assets are there that are regulated. And so in a regulated country, that these assets are compliant. Also, you want to make sure that if you're in a particular country, you want to make sure that you're abiding by the rules of that country. So we have this tool and we've been building on this is to make sure when an asset comes in, it comes in and it runs through a series of tools and checks to make sure that it's quality in, quality out. So the only thing that you store are compliant assets. And so here's an example. If you have a video being shot in Germany, and a car's coming down the mountain, it has to be on a paved road. Or if you have a, a surfboard that you're advertising, the person on that surfboard in certain states in America need to have a wetsuit because that's the safety element. So you need to understand these nuances in different markets. And if you scale that up, how can you be sure that you are compliant? And the only way to do that really is to automate that, learn from that using AI, and then make sure that you have the safety of your marketeers that can pluck out assets, knowing that what they take out is compliant. The current situation is you'll have marketeers and people in the creative and pulling out an asset, and the risk to that is high. So we're building tools that enable you to have the safety to use the assets in whichever country, ever market, for any product, for any campaign. And that, that is a massive challenge, but it's one that's solvable with technology. It sounds like it's also a question of scale, right? When you're trying to create these these movements through marketing, you know, campaign is one word we use, but also if you're talking about these global ideas and these these global messages that you want to get across, it sounds far easier than it is, shall we say, and particularly nowadays when there are so many different kind of marketing compliances, but things like GDPR, you know, tons of regulation that the companies have to think about if they're acting in this global economy. So, you know, how do you even scale something that is talked about right from the start now is technology part of that discussion or is it still you guys kind of having to come in at the end to go hold on a second we can't launch this yet and you know this doesn't make sense for here 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 we need to quickly come up with a solution <laughs> scale is a very interesting question it's like the word strategy it means lots of different things to lots of different people but um our ceo mark reed said something that resonated with me um he said a lot of people have size and size is basically having capability in lots of different places. Um, and it may be big capability, but scale is really the ability to connect those different capabilities to produce something that's meaningful. So when we talk about marketing scale, it's around, have you connected up the creativity with the strategy, with the data, with the technology, with the commerce elements? 
and the process and operating models that you require to deliver that marketing outcome. And if you have all of those things together, working in concert, then you have scale. But the challenge is the hardest thing is getting those things to work together. And then again, we see this all the time when we have multi-channel, the shift from multi-channel to omni-channel is connectivity to have a journey that goes and connects all of those pieces and delivers those right experiences to the at the right time to all of those audiences that can only come from an integrated thinking and an integrated solution. And that's where I think technology can help, but it also requires the process to actually support it. When we're talking about scale and connecting capabilities, I wonder if you could just give us an example of that in action, perhaps a, a campaign or a client or um, or even something that you can envision if you can't share the details of, uh, of current clients. <laughs> when it comes to scale um, and you have multiple different capabilities, what happens is you can think of it as layers in a cake. So you would come in and you would deliver commerce. And then on another channel, you'd say you would deliver a experience technology, or you could deliver CRM, or you could deliver infrastructure and integration. Each one of those layers act independently. That is what I call great size. But an example of where that falls down is you need to be able to deliver a journey. And a journey has particular elements that you always have. You need to understand the customer, so you need to understand the data. You need to understand all the interaction points to deliver the right experience. That's experience technology. You need to be able to deliver the right message, the communication, that is the content. You also need to deliver great creative. So that's the creative part. And also you need to underpin that with technology. And also, if you want to sell something, you need to understand commerce. Now, if you do each one of those things individually, you'll have great size, but you won't deliver that holistic, experience-driven commerce. That is what I mean by scale, and that is what we need to achieve. It's interesting, too, because at the moment, consumer demand is demanding connectivity and scale. You know, consumers want on-demand, both when it comes to buying something for the very first time, but also the continued interaction with brands over time. That obviously is part of the loyalty and part of customer service um, on the go, this desire for speedy or even immediate responses. So how can technology help shorten that distance or time between a, a customer request and getting them a response? So the technology for me is that you need to be able to create technology so it's accessible and useful for those people outside of technology. This is where I love the term low code. It's the the idea of being able to have technology assets that are at your fingertips, but you're able to assemble them in different ways to deliver a different outcome. And the people that are doing it are non-technical because they're the business folks. They're the ones that are sitting when they, they receive the marketing request within the business. Just imagine if you were able to take that request and assemble it so easily to deliver on that without having to go back to the development team and wait two or three sprints or whichever to get a a feature, but you're able to do that within your own business. I see that as the value coming forward is being able to shorten the distances to put the tools in the hands of those people that need it most. So tell us a little bit low code. You touched on that buzzwordy catchphrase that we keep hearing. Um, could you give us a little description of that first for listeners who maybe haven't quite come across this term before um, and convince me what's so great about low code? So you started seeing things appear on your iPhone. So you see shortcuts. Shortcuts is a great example of low code. So it's 
enough code for you to do something that is for you. And so you can assemble all these different things. When your phone rings, I want it to um, start this email or start this text, and then I want it to then set a reminder. The pieces of code that have been pre-built for you are set a reminder, make a phone call, and understand when a summit comes in. But you, as the individual, your low-code input into that is to connect the dots on pre-configured code. Now, if you scale that beyond the iPhone, think about that for marketing. I want to be able to check whether this asset is compliant. I also want to be able to send emails when this happens on these particular triggers. Or I want to get a notification when this person adds this um, product into its shopping cart. All of those are pieces of code. The low code element is I, as a marketer, can assemble those different pieces into something meaningful that resonates within the journeys that my creatives or my clients put together. So low code is the glue and it's the glue to the things that are useful. And then we make new things on the fly that I find super exciting. Dynamics 365 Marketing helps organizations increase lead generation and expand sales opportunities by building more rewarding business relationships. Dynamics 365 Marketing provides automation benefits to nurture leads with personalized experiences, align sales and marketing, and make informed decisions and grow with an adaptable platform. Follow the link in the episode description to request a live demo today. Would you say the role of the agency is then because as we sort of start talking about these things such as low code putting the sort of power into the hands of the marketers and I would assume that would be the marketer at the on the client side who's saying oh we need to make sure these assets for this market make sense or the logos are the right size or, or whatever it is you know a lot of time that sort of job or that kind of making sure all the assets are right or whatever would fall with the agency as these kind of um technologies come in that start to be talk about you know robots stealing jobs and all these sorts of things yeah. what, what, what does low code start to, to steal the job of the agencies uh i think it's more like um it's more of an enabler it's an unlock and so most people used to think about oh when you do governance and you put standards and guidelines in place that slows people down it does quite the reverse Standards and guidelines give you the ability to understand structure and meaning so that you can make decisions devolved and so you can make decisions for yourself. That's what standards and guidelines do. And once you actually agree to those standards and guidelines, everyone can talk the same language and then go off and do what they need to. With low code, what this does is you have a toolbox of all the things that could possibly do. Think of it as your, your suite of Lego. Then you can take that box of Lego sit down on your floor and build something completely new and you know and understand exactly how to build it. The only thing that stops in terms of the ceiling is your imagination as to what you can do with those Lego blocks. That's what low code has done. Low code has put the, the tools in the hands of the marketers so that they can go off and build things that are meaningful for their clients. And the other part of low code that's also worth mentioning is the actual building of the Lego blocks themselves that also is a low code, but for the developer side. So developers are can actually build these Lego blocks. If you think you've taken a big Lego block and disassemble it down into smaller Lego blocks, that's the developer side of the equation. And then you take these big blocks and then you give them to marketeers who will develop business solutions. And so low code actually scales, there's different layers to it as well, which again, the same premise, 
but also the same benefits. I guess though, it's my question, I guess I'm, I'm still um, pondering about is we talk about marketers, we talk about clients. I mean, is the marketer the client or is the marketer the agency? Is the technologist the, someone sitting in the agency or is the technologist someone sitting in the client? Because I think one of the really interesting things about technology in the marketing space is that it absolutely does enhance and scale and make things kind of um, easier, smoother across the board. But I do think it does start to call into question who plays what role across the various different parts of the um, the journey from going to idea to execution when it comes to marketing. So I'd love to hear your your thoughts yeah. on that. So I think I know where you're going with this. And we, we ran up against this a lot. Everyone used to stay in their swim lanes. So you had the client and then you had the agency that did X and then you had the consultants that did Y and then you had the technologist and so on and so forth. The only way this really works is to create these cross-functional teams that are, you leave your badges at the door. So as an agency, you drop your badge, as the client, you drop your badge, and then you just have the role and you're very clear on the role. The role actually tells you what you do, not where you're from. And that modern marketing team comes together and they deliver something that enables them to run the processes, access to people and leverage the technology. And that modern marketing team also has an agility. It has this business agility because it has not just tech people in that modern marketing team, it has all players in that team and you get to do something. And I've seen, uh, we've worked with clients where you actually deploy a, a team that works on a particular journey. And that journey may be, I want to be able to um, increase the number of test drives on a automotive site. That whole journey is a complex thing if you deploy a, a marketing team with all the people necessary to deliver against that ask, then you have, I would say, a committed team. I want to I actually want to dive a little bit more into that term, though. I love that modern marketing team um, and a few questions about that. But first of all, what do you think the sort of toolkit of a modern marketing team looks like nowadays? You know, is it filled with these buzzwordy uh, technologies like AI and automation, low code, or is it more about an approach or different kinds of talent? Talk us through that. Yeah, so a modern marketing team for me has a, has a very clear mandate to deliver some sort of goal and objective. Um, and we can talk about the objective. You can go right down, it's like, we need to sell more cars or we need to increase sales against this particular product line, whatever it is. And then they go about actually self-organizing to actually complete that task. And inside that, they will need an, an operating model, which is this is the ways of working as us as a team. But these are the processes that you need to deliver. So another thing is when you deliver a journey, that modern marketing team are all the people that are required to deliver whatever they need to do to enable that consumer to seamlessly go from the point at which they first engage to the point at which they buy something. And then inside that marketing team, you have various different goals and it's understanding that process, then understanding the clear audiences and then figuring out concretely where technology can deliver value. And that technology could be, we need to be able to automate these tasks at these points in the journey, or we need to create an architecture for content so that it can be assembled and disassembled to go down each one of these channels. And it may start with an email, go to Twitter, then go to the website, but we want to use the same content, but to have it assembled to the right channel. And then you may actually say, I want to have better creative. So I want to have one piece of creative 
and be able to track its usage from the point of creation all the way through to consumption. So all of these things come together in the marketing team. That modern marketing team is tasked with breaking down each one of those challenges and then making sure they ladder up into that actual goal and then going and getting it. I should put connected in front of it because I think that's the most important part. It does sound like it's instead of saying, okay, what is this marketing request coming into the agency? How do we traditionally do that? Who do we normally assign on these tasks? And having this kind of very, um, I guess, blinkered uh, line of thought going through, it's more about taking a step back and going, what is it we're actually trying to do here? And I think sometimes that thinking is sometimes lacking in marketing where we're so focused on thinking about, well, what does the ad look like or what's the message and not going, what is it the business is actually trying to do here? You know, what is it? They, are they trying to sell something more? Or are they trying to save money? Or are they trying to engage a new audience? Like it's a business question, not a marketing question, right? Yeah, it's a business question. And it's um, what I do like about the teams is that if you take a look, you don't know what you don't know. And no plan survives first contact. As soon as you have an idea of a plan, it's completely gone as soon as you put that, whether it's a campaign or whether it's a particular journey that you're delivering into business, as soon as it goes into the wild, it has to completely change. So your modern marketing team is set up to be, change is the only constant. And so what that means is that you don't put in complete, a phase complete does not exist. You put in something that is good enough and not necessarily great, but will become great because you will optimize as you go. And so you need to be able to have that team and the technology to be able to adapt based upon what they learn once the thing is live. And so I would always prefer a team to be able to very quickly put something into the wild, but also be set up to actually adapt it as we actually learn how it's moving forward. And I think those are the teams before we had we need to build this campaign or build this particular program, put it out there in the wild. It'd take about six months to do, and then you cannot move it stuck. That can't work. It can't work. So um, we're seeing and come to understand that the most successful leaders are those that understand that the fast will eat the slow. You cannot hang around. The big will not always beat the small. You need to figure out how to make lots of different small bets. But also, most importantly, the simple will always displace the complex. And so if you have something that is simple, it's fast to market and it's small, it will always, always outweigh something that is small, big and complex. That should be the focus of the team. So, of course, that then makes complete sense for local to play a part, right? Because it obviously allows for this agility and the speed to market and this constant experimentation and updating and optimising as you go. I wonder if you could maybe give us an example of where low code is, I suppose, maybe come to the rescue or played a really interesting role in a sort of modern marketing team with a modern marketing campaign. Yeah, so, um, so if you put a, a campaign in place and we, we used to deliver stuff on a website. So take a website and then you had a website where there was a call to action on a page and all of a sudden we found out that people weren't checking out. Well, the old way of doing it would be, oh, the button it's we don't even know it's working because we're not getting the stats back and so all of a sudden you get a knock from the ceo and said oh we put this website out we expected product sales to be up by 20 percent first of all you wouldn't get that knock on the door if you didn't have analytics so you didn't understand that but now we're seeing that you can get that within an hour of actually deploying your site so now you're there then there's this checkout button that's not working how do you make a change on that checkout button the modern marketing team will have all players involved. 
Is it a color thing? Is it a placement of where that checkout button is? It should be at the top of the page, above the fold, below the fold. Um, okay, if it's not that, when I click on it, is it causing an error um, when that happens? What actually can you do to diagnose the problem? Low code basically means that you can deploy changes to the site and its configuration. It's not actually updating the code behind the scenes. It's deploying configuration that will change the color, will change the position on the page and actually fix the bugs in real time. That is the difference. And keeping it so that everything can be configurable adds complexity because it has to be flexible, but it also gives you the ability to change at speed. And that's the agility that we're fighting for. That is why you need to start small but think big. If you start small with enough, you're great. If you're too big, it becomes too complex. And the teams also need to learn as they go. And that's the important thing is if you put something too big out there, it's a conceptual heavyweight that they will sort of um, fall and die underneath. So you have to start small and grow experience as you go. So we're talking about learning and agility quite a lot here. And we're obviously talking about it more to do with the with the campaign itself and, and working out what's working and what's not. But I'm curious as well about these words, agility and learning when it comes to the team, this modern marketing team, in terms of the, the talent makeup of the team and the skills makeup of the team. Of course, you're a CTO, you've been coding since you were pretty young and pulling apart computers. Not everyone has that same sort of technological background. And of course, low code is there for people to be able to build what they want as much as possible. But there's still, you know, a lot of technology expertise that is required for a successful campaigns. So how do you make this modern marketing team work best? Is it about making sure you have someone like you on every single team, making sure you're you're there to kind of manage? Or is it about empowering staff across the board to have a more sort of tech first mindset? How would you think about um, making sure you have this most adept team for learning and for agility? Yeah, it's um, agility, that's capital A, capital A, it doesn't really matter. It's just you need to be able to have a team that's curious. I think if I was to look at all the things, I think curiosity is a very important. You know those people that will have it. The second thing is is making technology accessible means making it simple. So what we've done in the old days is that, remember the WYSIWYG, before that it was just lines of code, but then you, you create wizards that enable you to drag and drop things and put them into place. Even um, my kids as well, when they were learning to code, they learned on various tools like Scratch, which they learned from the very young age. This is a block, and then this is another block. You put them together, and they can visually assemble code. And then they went into the blocks, and they coded it. And so what you need from the team is they need to know that when they have these Lego blocks and they pull them together, when they see that when they change something, and it instantly reflects upon the output of what they're doing, whether it's on the website, within an email, or whether it's in a kiosk or whatever it is. It's actually seeing and feeling the change. It's important. So it's a change management challenge. You need to change management to understand that, A, you need to change, and B, this is what you need to do. And let me just give you a little bit more to go forward. There is a change equation that I, I live by. And this change equation basically says, you will not change unless you feel pain. At some point, you will not change. And then the second thing is, you will not change if you cannot see where you're going to, the holy land, where you need to get to. And then also, you will not change unless you can see the steps towards where you need to go to. So those three things are multipliers. So pain, where the plan to get there, 
and the promise of where you need to get to. If any one of those is zero, then change doesn't happen. So it's understanding that. How do you put that into place? How do you make sure you communicate within the team? This is the problem. This is where we're going to. And this is the plan to get there. You have all those three things in place. You communicate it and go. But you have to continually reinforce that. So we hear a lot about um, new technologies. You know, we mentioned earlier on AI, automation, blockchain, VR, all the different ones that you see in these trends, presentations or the tech press. But um, for you, and I'm assuming you're the sort of person that follows all the stuff and keeps a tab on it, what do you see as the sort of next biggest opportunity for modern marketing teams, whether that's, you know, making innovative campaigns or just ultimately enabling marketing through technology somehow? Um, I would say in the health sector, we're seeing a lot of things in terms of this is what we need to look after ourselves to be more effective. And so I see lots of biochemicals and also devices. So here's a concrete example of what I'm talking about here. So if you were to do a DNA sequence, something like 20 years ago, it would take you roughly 17 years to complete that sequence and it would cost you roughly about a billion dollars. Today, you can now do a DNA sequence that will take the time it takes to flush a toilet and is cents on the dollar. Why is that important? That's important because by the next time you go to the toilet, you can figure out whether you are prone to cancer. Not only that, depending upon what you um, did, you can figure out, are you taking the next steps in your nutrition to make that any better? So I'm seeing technology grow. I'm also seeing in AI, I'm seeing the recognition of voice and I'm seeing the way in which you can automate the mundane tasks and then actually build on that with the rules to make things smarter, to be super exciting. They call it the zero color employee. I think the challenge we have is more going to be an ethical one and also a social one when your boss could be a zero color AI. That's also going to be very interesting for a lot of people to realize is that your boss will not be human. Um, But also what I found interesting as well is the VR piece. VR used to be a consumer thing. Well, it just used to be B2B. So if I, particularly in these COVID times, I want to be able to work with engineers across the world on a particular part. VR is a very real, very real um, solution to that. And so we're no longer constrained by it. It's borderless. We're not, we could be in our rooms working on the same thing. I see that as a great thing. But now we want to take that into the consumer space, which we've been, I think, been struggling. But I, I think in the business space, it's been amazing. AR and VR, I'm seeing very real pushes in that space. I wonder, um, sorry, I don't know if I was clear in my question. It'd be really good to hear some of these examples uh, specific to marketing. So why is this interesting for unlocking opportunities for brands? How do we enable marketing through technology? Okay, so we look at Airbnb and you look at Uber and you look at all of those things. They are already baked in, AI is baked in. And so when you um, look for a new property, it will learn and understand that when you come in as this, uh, I'm trying to find this property and this area, you put your search results in, it will then learn and then push up the properties with the right pricing for your particular preferences. That is a marketing goldmine. So brands could leverage AI to actually take all the data and insights we've got from their segments and take those signals and then understand from the historical data and predict and make recommendations of what they need to do going forward. So for consumers, it's don't make me think. So AI is giving us the ability for marketing brands to capture that intelligence, 
to actually understand their consumers and then make forecasts around how we can do things. And I find that to be for brands. We haven't unlocked that. We haven't unlocked it because we're still sifting through the data. But once we've got through the data, we can then start applying these amazing insights and amazing recommendations about how we move forward. So we're talking about the far future here, technologies that are coming that brands haven't yet been able to make the most of. But let's talk about the here and now. With everything that's going on in the world, um, obviously we all know about the, the current situation, the fact we're all recording this from our homes, for instance, right now. How can brands protect their marketing budgets and avoid becoming technology laggards at the same time? You know, what should they be doing today? I think brands need to um, stay aware of what's going on within technology. And we've seen a couple of approaches that people have taken. So particularly when COVID came, we've seen an incredible amount of innovation in a short period of time. And it's also quite disruptive. So some brands have decided to create off like a team of the future. So they have a bunch of people which are looking at these are the solutions around technology based upon future processes, and new ways of working that we need to focus on now. And the rest of the business is actually focusing on dealing with the current crisis and getting preparing themselves for recovery. But if you think about the smartness of that, you've got this future team to which these new existing business team are going to connect. And then when we come out of COVID, they're going to be delivering solutions that are technology enabled to take them to where they need to be in the next step of the journey. That's the way the leaders are thinking. The laggards are thinking, oh, we just need to keep the business going. Um, whereas you can't do that. The table stakes have changed. We are now in a distributed model of working. There are different ways in which consumers buy and purchase online. They don't go into shops as much. If you've been to the latest one in London, it's like, you press it, but you have to click on the hand sanitizer. You can't touch all the product. It's not, it's not the way people shop. So people are now looking at ways in which the new consumers will shop. And those ways of work and operating models are being created. And we are starting to use technology that will actually enable that and adopt that within organizations. So it's important to stay focused and stay looking. So you're future ready. That's what I would say. Get future ready. Cleve, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you very much. It's very good to be here, Gemma. It's always good to talk about technology and the way it empowers marketing and advertising. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can find out more about Cleve's work and indeed some of the broader themes we discussed today in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and tune in next time to continue our conversation about innovation, resilience and our capacity to succeed. Learn how Dynamics 365 Marketing can help your team build relationships that increase lead generation and expand sales opportunities. Request a live demo today by following the link in the episode description.